0: Hello, this is Dave Durr. Today's devotional is coming to us from Matthew 22, verses 23 through 46. Leading up to today's section of scripture, we're hearing Jesus teach about the kingdom of God. He's healing many ailments and diseases and even predicting his death. The audience was always changing, and today we find Jesus addressing the Pharisees, and Sadducees, who were the religious leaders of the day, whom Jesus had already warned the disciples regarding the danger of their teaching. So let's start with uh, verse 23. That same day, Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So his brother married the widow. But the second brother also died, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, They will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were astounded at his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Then, surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, He is the son of David. Jesus responded to them, Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, call the Messiah my Lord? For David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? No one could answer him. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And this ends the scripture reading for today. You know, after Jesus schooled the Sadducees, the Pharisees saw an opportunity and jumped in with a question they were certain would can just catch him off guard, totally. And the question was, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus' response was, we'll read it again, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. So let's focus on those ver- the verses I just read. That's verses 37 through 39. There are three key words that really jumped out at me. The word love was one of those, and then the other two words were with all together. So with all and love. First of all, let's look at love just briefly here. God is love. So to know God is to know love. We love God because he first loved us. That's recorded in 1 John 1, verse 19. This command to love God is also very clear about how we're to love him. It says to love God with all, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. There's nothing held back here. There's no conditions. It's not a partial love. You know, I grew up in the church and heard a lot of teaching, whether it be in Sunday school and other classes I went to, um, sermons. I heard a lot of teaching. And part of my story is that uh, despite all that teaching, I kept holding back from surrendering everything, not giving it all up not giving it all to Jesus until my late 20s. I knew who God was. I knew about Jesus. I was familiar with the Holy Spirit. I even taught a group of fifth grade boys in a Sunday school class Uh, what I learned and what I knew. I feel sorry for those kids now. A number of people thought I was probably a pretty good person, and I probably was depending on how my life and character was being measured, of course. In my early adult years, I always thought I would have to give up far too much if I fully surrendered my life to Jesus. I thought I would be missing out on things, like career opportunities, nice cars, fast boats, fun parties, enjoying life to the fullest, all things that I thought were important things and dreams that I didn't want to walk away from. I was familiar with the command recorded in this passage and the verses that we just read. I was not ready or willing to love God without holding back. Let alone, let alone here loving others in the same way. Interestingly, during this time in my life, I never once thought of asking myself the serious question, and the question is this, what will I be missing out on and not experiencing if I don't surrender my life to Jesus? That was a pretty serious question uh, that I could be asking myself, but I refused to ask myself that question. I didn't think about it. Well, that all changed when I was challenged by a guy named Jim. He challenged me to take a step toward Jesus and surrender everything to him, giving him leadership of my entire life. His challenge to me was, stop playing games with God. You've got one foot in the world, Mondays through Saturday, and the other in the kingdom, a couple of hours on a Sunday. And what I heard loud and clear from Jim that day is it was time for me to get all the way in with Jesus. And with God's help, I did so that day. And I've been learning the importance of seeking how to love God and others ever since. I discovered that Jesus really meant it when he said in John 10, verse 10, that he came to earth so that I could have life and have it to the full. Have it to the full. That means everything I needed, everything that was there for me. And then I began to experience that myself. Made a huge difference in my life. Maybe you can relate to that piece of my story. But let's, in the meantime here, process a bit about how you and I could express our love to God with our heart, soul, and mind. And what does that actually look like in a practical way? Here's a few thoughts. We could love God by just consistently spending time with the Father, communicating through prayer, and then listening to his word. Or we could continually keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We could uh, daily set our minds on God uh, and his purposes and his direction he has for our life. We could start being more sensitive and aware of where God is already at work in and around us and then be bold and join him in that. Or we could worship God in our work and play. Just a couple of thoughts there. That's a good practical start and a meaningful exercise maybe for you and I. It's good to remember that the unconditional love that God lavishes on us can naturally, quite naturally, overflow on others. And you know what? That overflowing love for others is an incredible way for us to express our love for God. So what about you? What might you be holding back and not surrendering to Jesus? What is keeping you from loving God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? And how might you respond, maybe even today? I know Jesus is ready to walk with you and help you in this process. He longs to provide you with healing and wholeness. That's what he's all about. And when you surrender all, you too will experience freedom. Freedom and life to the full. Let's pray. Lord God, we praise you for who you are. You are love. We thank you for loving each of us unconditionally. We are blown away that your love envelops us while we are yet sinners. We confess, we confess today, there are things that we are holding on to that have created kind of a separation in our relationship. We ask for your forgiveness here today, and we thank you for your grace. It is our desire to love you with all, all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, as well as love others in the same way. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.